Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special mini-sode of the Plate Meeting Podcast at Close Call Sports. This is Gil, your host, and today our very special guest is T-Mac. And the Plate Meeting is brought to you by the OSIP Foundation Incorporated, where OSIP stands for Outstanding Sportsmanship is Paramount. A 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to promoting good sportsmanship throughout sports and competition. Amongst their many programs offered is Officials Anonymous, a hotline and support service for officials who suffer from abuse, anxiety, and other similar issues. To learn more about OSIP, very good organization to get involved or to donate, please visit OSIPFoundation.org, O-S-I-P Foundation.org. So welcome as a guest, T-Mac, to the show. How's it going, guest? It's going great. I'm uh, glad to be uh, on the other side where I get to just kind of uh, be interviewed here. This is fun. So we decided to um, do this mini-sode, and we're going to do more of them during the season based on a recent high-profile spring training ejection. We don't really say high-profile spring training ejections too often, uh, but this one was, and this one was the only one of 2019 so far. And it was Angel Hernandez, everyone's uh, most talked about umpire in the uh, public sphere, uh, ejecting A.J. Hinch on Friday uh, last week. And that received a bunch of discussion online by uh, by people who like to bash on Angel to begin with. But uh, th- this was a rather straightforward ejection, uh, to my knowledge. It was, it was something where AJ was yelling from the dugout, and he violated a whole bunch of stuff. Number one, he's arguing balls and strikes. Two, he made it personal. Three, he was counting, um, you know, one, two, three, four missed pitches or whatever he wanted to do. Um, T Mac, what's your read on this one? Angel Hernandez. Uh, who is he again? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, it, 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 I just find it amusing that um, we live in a world where we don't take situations in context. It's unfortunate, but one of the great things that, that you and I do, Gil, is we take each situation individually and we analyze them. And, and if the umpire did something wrong, we break it down to how maybe it could have been handled. Angel Hernandez did nothing wrong here. He's completely calm. You can't say to an umpire uh, – you know, we have technology to make you better and stay in the game. And the fact that A.J. Hinch admitted that makes me think, what else did he say? Because he's probably not leaving out the other things that he said. Here's the problem. Everybody in the baseball world knows that Angel Hernandez is suing Major League Baseball. And some people may not like it. It might cloud their view of him. He brings up some very valid points. Whether or not you agree with them is irrelevant. It's what he believes. And let's let that course of action take place. In this particular situation, Angel is 100% right. What, you know, we're going to talk about a lot of things. I'm going to touch on, on one right here. This is what offends me as an umpire. Angel Hernandez gets bumped. C.B. Buckner comes down and tries to calm the situation down. Both umpires are calm, and yet A.J. Hinch is losing his mind. It's completely uncalled for, completely ridiculous, and he should be sat for at least a week. Give him the idea that you can't do this. This open season on Angel Hernandez that Major League Baseball allows is gross. It's disgusting. It's embarrassing. And it's why there's a disconnect between umpires and the Major League Baseball office. 
And we've touched on this uh, a lot of times, and uh, obviously we have an umpire contract negotiation coming up next year, I think, is when the CBA runs for the, for the union. And um, we touched on this as well with the, uh, with the retirement piece that, you know, we're, we're, we're waiting on some retirements because they're waiting on the new contract and hopefully uh, new terms, pensions, et cetera, that are more favorable. But this is a situation. Do you think that MLB might behind the scenes just try to throw money at the problem, give the umpires some more money in exchange for letting the public atmosphere a vitriol toward the umpires go a little bit more unchecked than it has been in the past. Gil, you and I both know that Major League Baseball comes on our website. They look and see what we write and what the commentators write. Okay. Now follow me on this. Major League Baseball has been dying to be able to break up the union for what I would say the last 20 to 25 years, if not more. Mm -hmm. So in this next labor situation, I don't think they're going to throw money at the problem. I don't think they're going to do that at all. I think they're going to bring in electronic balls and strikes and say, this is what we're going to do. And that's the end of it. I don't know how the major league baseball umpires are going to react to that. If major league baseball is going to say, look, you are no longer needed to make this money. This is what we're offering. Knowing major league baseball, Gil, and what they've tried to do, heck, to our little website to try to shut us down, why aren't they going to try to shut down the Major League Baseball Umpires Union? I mean, it's a bigger task, obviously. But if they say, well, look, we're going to reduce your pay by 30% because we don't need you to call balls and strikes anymore, what are the Major League Baseball Umpires going to do? And if then Major League Baseball just says, okay, we're done with you, we're going to bring in other guys that are willing to do what we want them to do. Is anybody going to be surprised? There is. It is clear to me that Major League Baseball wants nothing to do with these umpires. They've been treated so horrifically in the last few years as far as the suspensions that get that, that, that occur. Apparently, you're allowed to scream it from the dugout whenever you want. Players are allowed to come on the field uh, after being ejected. They, heck, you know, you know how you stop all this, Gil? How? You... You, you give them four, five, six-game suspensions. Mm-hmm. You know, you say the first one's free. The second time you get ejected during the year, you sit out three games. You, know, you, you want to know how polite players are going to be when they lose money, potentially? Uh, not only money, if you get suspended, it's without pay. There are a lot of things that can be done here, but none of them right now are in favor of the umpires. It, it's unfortunate that we have to do this over and over again, but look at all the instances last year uh, that – players went to the media and bashed umpires and do we know that anyone was suspended i mean we look at ben zobris he should have sat for three or four games and and it's unfortunate that look i i don't know how to feel about the electronic strike zone i kind of like it because it teaches me how to umpire better if i can get in the head of a computer and i can see the pitches coming in and now i know what exactly okay that's where the bottom of the zone is i get a feel for that I think that's a fantastic way to learn how to call balls and strikes. You know, we can all try to get better. We all know that electronic balls and strikes are not going to go down to the levels that most of our users have at the high school uh, level and below. However, what's wrong with a little technology? That being said, um, I, you know, I just want to get off on a tangent here because I'm going to start. You watch tennis, Gil? Not usually, actually, but uh, okay. only only the big tournaments. One of the most exciting things in tennis is this. Uh, when there's a close play, a close ball on the line or off the line one way or the other, a player will reach up and signal a uh, wants a challenge. And then on the big screen, boom, 
Was it in or was it out? And everybody looks up at that screen. Why can't we do that with baseball? Why can't we give players, you know, as a team, three challenges a game? And if they're right, they get to keep their challenges. But if they're wrong, they can't. And they have to be immediate. I'm talking about balls and strikes. Do we really need this type of technology out there? You know, I mean, it. it I'm just trying to find a solution so we don't lose jobs for a lot of Major League Baseball umpires. Sure. I think Major League Baseball has made up its mind. It is going to do everything they can to embarrass umpires, to to hurt the profession, and it's it's just not healthy and it's not good for umpires in general. You think uh, Angel has, in a de facto way through the lawsuit, become a face of the uh, umpire that MLB wants to discredit? Well, it's certainly a unique, a unique situation. If if somebody is suing their employer and they're still working for them, do you think that employer is going to come down hard on somebody else who's going to the media and ripping them? MLB must uh, really like the situation. It's not the first time, obviously, uh, that we've had something against Angel Kinsler. Uh, Ian Kinsler is the big story, and that was the uh, same year, late, later in the year of the lawsuit, and he was fine, we, as we detailed on the site quite a few times, uh, 0.09% of his salary. And uh, we, we had a similar situation with Carlos Gomez on Andy Fletcher. Uh, it was a very similar, fine, minuscule amount. Um, you know, if you're, if you're making... Uh, I think I I think we we said it was if you're making fifty thousand a year, the fine is about fifty dollars, something like that. And although Angel has been high profile, he's not the only one. I just named Fletcher, and there are others that uh, that are out there. But Major League Baseball, you talked about Zobrist earlier too. With um, I think it was Phil Cuzzy and. It, it's a repeating problem, and we've seen now several times that MLB has its own approaches to handling the situation. In this case, A.J. Hinch gets one game, one spring training game, and because it's spring and it's in Florida, it's either Florida or Arizona, but it's in Florida, uh, everyone's together, which means the minor league camp is also there. So what does AJ do if he's suspended from the majors? He goes to watch Verlander on a rehab in the minor leagues. Uh, it's not a day lost. He's just not with the major league team two hours away. And, you know, I think that um, Jeff Blum, I think is an analyst for the Astros. He said it very well. MLB has rewarded AJ Hinch by giving him the day off from the major leagues so he can go watch his ace pitcher on a rehab assignment in the minors. Uh, it's not really a punishment. And I think that we see these things continuing on and on, you know, either the punishment being minuscule or a blessing in disguise. And, you know, from, from a defendant standpoint on a suit, you know, officially, no comment. This has nothing to do with anything. Uh, but on the other, Angel continuously gets thrown out to dry. And I, I know that we put the ejection video on the site. We didn't have anything about the original play. There was no replay. There was no pitch cast component to this or to most spring training games. So we have no idea where the computer even would have placed this pitch. And uh, we hear the fans yell out things that are very personal, go way above and beyond, talk about the uh, racial discrimination implications, making fun of him for filing that charge. And uh, the worst part is you go on MLB Network, you go on MLB Radio, 
uh, you hear Pedro Martinez and other MLB-employed personalities basically bashing Angel, um, and it leads to this whole, doesn't the league have some sort of a hostile uh, work environment duty to their umpires to you know prevent this sort of abuse from happening from employees of the same network? Well, we live in a world right now in this country in particular, where if it doesn't have to do with us, we don't care. And I hope those people that are yelling have jobs. And I hope that nobody ever discriminates them, discriminates against them, because if they do, that's what the laws are there for. Now, I don't know whether Major League Baseball has violated uh, discrimination laws, but if they have, they should be held to account. If they haven't, it'll be sorted out in court. One thing I do know that as someone that has taught umpiring to a lot, is that you, you don't hold grudges from day to day. There are too many cameras and too many things that go on. You've got to umpire the game now straight up, um, and that's just the way it is. But here's A.J. Hinch going to the media well after the game and saying, oh, I'm, this is going to happen during the regular season. I've got a problem. Could you imagine if an umpire – uh, and we all know it's microanalyzed when uh, who was the when Frazier went to the media and said they've missed a ridiculous amount of pitches and it turned out they had only missed one pitch against him and it was actually a strike called a ball. We right. know that Todd Frazier isn't in the reality based world. We'd welcome him back to our reality based world when he's ready to come here. But you know, a two fifteen hitter making excuses is not a surprise. Now for Hinch. This is something that Major League Baseball had to come down on. They had their chance. And it, I would think it would help, you know, a, a hostile work environment lawsuit, if not for Angel, then for all the Major League Baseball umpires, because Hinch has said that he's going to come back to this later in the year. If he does, when Dana DeMuth's crew is in town, then this is a calculated effort by AJ, who was apparently lost his mind and forgotten that we're playing a kid's game and thinking the game is all about him. Isn't that the same thing that these players and managers accuse umpires of doing, making the game about them, when in reality the game isn't about the umpires. The game is about the players and coaches, but they are. some people have gotten so paranoid and they hate umpires so much. It's in their framework. It's in their being. They have to have somebody to hate or they're not happy. And apparently A.J. Hinch is, uh, is anti-Angel Hernandez, and that is something that he needs to find help with outside of the realm of baseball. Because if it if he takes the field and Angel Hernandez is there and it causes him to get into a ball of hatred, that isn't Angel Hernandez's fault. That's A.J. Hinch's fault. We've seen this so many times, not baseball, but any sport, any field, really. Uh, we've all officiated games where I'm sure a player has, has held some sort of a grudge and thought, oh, we're here to hate on this team and make calls against them and all sorts of things. And it, of course, it taints the view because now they think that every call that goes against them is an intentional attempt to inflict distress on them personally. Mm -hmm. uh, and it makes it more difficult for everyone. And, you know, we, it, yes, this is a kid's game at the end of the day, but as uh, Joe West said in response to the uh, Supreme Court decision to overturn that federal gambling ban, there's a lot of money involved and it and that's that makes people go crazy sometimes not just these players that are getting millions and 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 the coaches and and all of that but uh, the fans as well who might might or might not have money on the game but they have they sure have a vested interest in their team 
uh, that makes us lose sight of the big picture. And then we, we just snowball this uh, because it is Angel, and Angel brings up this uh, racial aspect to baseball that no one seems to really want to talk about or acknowledge. I mean, his lawsuit's exactly right in, 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 in the one part where he writes that, hey, since Rich Garcia in 99, there hasn't been a minority crew chief in the majors, which, by the way, if you go back to the history of the uh, Major League umpire staff, it used to be the AL staff and the NL staff. We all know what happened with the 99 uh, resignation issue. And then in 2000s, they unified the staff, and it became the MLB umpiring staff. So Rich Garcia was the last crew chief of minority status in 99, which means that after 2000, after the staffs unified, there hasn't been a minority crew chief, which means in the history of the Major League Baseball umpiring staff, there has never been a minority crew chief. So I think that does bear further investigation. The lawsuit is in its you know still pending stage. There have been motions all over the place. We're at 50 docket entries in the court filing, and uh, it seems to have entered its uh, second year of quasi- baseball season hibernation most of the action goes on when uh, everyone is off season in the winter and so now we're coming back to the season so we'll see if the uh, court case picks up at all but i want to return to the uh, angel aj situation you are the master of the teachable moment and so i want to talk about the ejection is as we stated absolutely correct the comment that he made personal and all of that um completely out of line. He exits the dugout. He's belligerent and all of that. Angel as the umpire is, you know, he takes the mask off, ready to have the discussion. And when he feels that the discussion is no longer productive, when it's time to keep playing, the mask goes back on, he claps his hand. AJ mocks his gesture by clapping back at him. And then it gets more heated um, and this is as CB is coming in, as the coaches are coming in to pull A.J. Hinch away. A.J. Hinch is still going at Angel while being pulled away by his coaching staff. And Angel follows as an umpire, um, no matter how personal a manager gets, is it a good optic look to follow a manager who's being restrained? You know, sometimes emotions get the better of us. If you showed this video to 50 people that had no, uh, you know, relation to baseball and just said, who looks like the jerk here? Who looks like the aggressor? You're going to get 48, 49 of them. And I mean, they don't know umpires. It can't be someone that just hates umpires in their core. You're going to get 48, 49 of them saying that that guy in the uniform wearing 14 because Mm -hmm. he does. He looks like a fool. Um, Now. In college baseball, which I'm not, college and professional baseball are two completely different entities, they'll tell you eject and walk away. I believe, and this is just my opinion, sure. take it for what it's worth, that when you eject somebody, they deserve an explanation as to why they were ejected. And, and as soon as they give that explanation, you know, in professional ball, you can chew me out a little bit or, you know, try to get your team fired up. I'm not going to get that offended by in college baseball, you eject and walk away, which a lot of times just ignites the situation more because they legitimately might not know if they were the ones ejected, if somebody else got ejected, they might be seeking a clarification. In this particular case, the only thing that you can really criticize Angel about, as soon as things appear to be sustained, he does walk towards, towards Hinch. And, 
you know, I would guess based on the post-game comments that Hinch said that Hinch probably said something really horrific. Um, you know, it was good enough to get him a suspension. And, and look, I'm going to say this a hundred times. If you bump Angel Hernandez and you bump C.B. Buckner, I don't care if it's in a spring training game, in a regular season game, in the World Series. You need to sit for four or five games. Major League Baseball handing out a one-game suspension is an absolute disgrace. So what would I have liked Angel to do? Maybe go back behind the plate at that point. You can see the catcher when Angel Hernandez isn't talking early in that discussion. Walk away. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, something's being said here by Hinch that's just utterly ridiculous. So I would love to love to have been the catcher in that spot. Sometimes that's a fun place to be. Uh, But one thing is certain, who caused this? You know, we always talk about who messed up the situation and to call the play appropriately. Um, Don't take the crap end of the stick. Well, who caused the situation? In my opinion, it's Hinch. If it doesn't, if the game doesn't matter and we're just trying to break through the string, then then what you do in this spot is you just go to the media and say, I feel like Angel Hernandez has a bias against us. You don't need to put on this display because you lose credibility. And unfortunately, you know, in my judgment, Hinch has zero credibility after all this. Remember, this is the same guy that came out and was embarrassed by Jerry Crawford. I mean, it was fantastic. I mean, he had the gall to come out after he was, what, in the big leagues for six weeks? and try to challenge one of the all-time great Major League Baseball umpires, this is the guy we're dealing with. So clearly it's a guy that doesn't always think things through. What, what do you make of the, uh, you know, the one of the precise comments that was yelled from the dugout um, was, you've used up your four. And that was in reference to a previous game in spring training that, uh, Angel Hernandez had with the Astros where Hinch was uh, discussing, arguing balls and strikes, no ejections or anything, but Angel to try to manage and calm the situation ma- very matter of factly told Hinch, hey, as umpires, you know, I'm going to miss four calls a game. And Angel's comment is pretty true. If you look at the numbers of pitch FX or excuse me, StatCast, that's another lawsuit against Major League Baseball, by the way. Um, but if you look at the stats, missing four a game is about it's 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 it might be one or two better than league average, and it still puts you at about ninety seven and a half percent for the game. Uh, so that's a very factual statement that Angel made to Hinch to try to calm the situation last week. Then it carries over to this current game that we're talking about, where Hinch goes back to it, twists, twists it, and without context, tells Angel, "Hey, uh, you missed your four. What, what What do you think? You know, as a game management thing, where we try to concede a point to a manager or a player, uh, only for them the next time out to use it against us? Do you think that?" we shouldn't be as open with managers or do you think that that's an effective technique to use? So let me tell you the way this works, Gil. And this happens across all sports. You build trust with managers and they build trust with you. If managers or head coaches don't trust you or vice versa, then the relationship never flourishes. You know, I've had private discussions with head coaches that I've known for 20 years 
that have said to me, you know, what about this play? What about that play? You know, it's a little tricky to officiate that or that, that I trust. They would never go back and say, uh, well, this play can't be officiated properly because, you know, one of the umpires, because you have a trust relationship with them. Don't think that relationships exist. You know, who knows what kind of context, you know, uh, AJ might've said something, you know, I, I heard you guys, you know, only miss 4.2 pitches a game, you know, and he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm right about four. So I guess it's a little better than league average. Who knows how that conversation occurred? You know, AJ Hinch has zero credibility. You know, Angel is a very nice, polite guy by all accounts. So maybe he completely took it out of context. And the way he acted in the first inning by screaming from the dugout on a on a borderline pitch, I mean, I hope he, you know, isn't this uh, tense come come April because there are going to be a lot of people, and this is the human nature of it. When you go to the media and you start ripping umpires, umpires aren't going to listen to you. You have no credibility. It's like Tom Kelly. You know, when Tom Kelly came out of the dugout, they listened. They listened because when he came out, he had something to say. If you're the kind of manager that comes out of the dugout or has something to say 13 times a game, you get tuned out. And uh, right now, I would expect uh, a lot of guys to tune A.J. Hinch out or relieve him of his managerial duties for that day. We have... Um, as we touched on earlier, the automated balls and strikes coming to the independent Atlantic League. Uh, and, and you know, I know that you mentioned that MLB, and obviously the reason that it's coming to the independent league is because MLB is considering its use in Major League Baseball. My question as to the electronic balls and strikes, you know, and we've discussed many times on the website um the problems and how the system is not there, how it's not accurate. But let's assume, for instance, that one day the system does get there and it's razor sharp and it's exactly spot on. Um, every ball that touches the strike zone is called a strike and every ball that misses the zone is called a ball. Somehow the technology is magically perfect and all works well. Uh we still need plate umpires to call hit-by-pitches, and I, I guess we could go to replay for that, right? We still need rulings on check swings. We still need interference, obstruction, safes, outs, and, and the whole gamut of, of other items. How, from a game management standpoint, do you think that the game's going to be impacted if you have an umpire behind home plate who doesn't actually call pitch location, but pretty much calls everything else? Do you think that... Uh, do you think that it's going to be tougher for the umpire to establish credibility back there? I think it's more difficult to stay focused because if you just kind of tune it out and be like, okay, and this is what happens, what we talk about with replay where guys aren't focused and they miss the big ball call. You know what I mean? Sure. You, you know, it, 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 it talks, you know, it, it speaks to your focus. I like this technology. Um, I, I, I embrace it. I mean, I think there are unintended consequences with it, with replay, and I don't know the unintended consequences of it with balls and strikes, but I don't see how, as someone that's pretty engaged to the game and loves umpiring, how it doesn't make you a better umpire. Does that make sense? Sure. You know, if you now know, okay, wow, that pitch right there that I feel is like a ball down is actually nicking the zone. I'm going to learn to call that pitch. And that makes you a much better umpire. You know, we I've talked a lot about, you know, ocular domination, which for those of you who think that's perverse is we're just talking about eyesight and your dominant eye. 
and how it affects balls and strikes to righties and left-handed batters. It's a fascinating topic that I won't bore you with, but as most people that are fascinated with calling balls and strikes know that people that are certain I dominant struggle calling one side of uh, hitters to the other. For me, I've had to adjust left-handed hitters my whole life. And it wasn't until I had games on television that I learned, okay, that pitch was definitely a little bit outside. So that's how I would make adjustments. And I would watch all of my games and learn how to get better. At the professional level, the big league level, there, there's pride. And I understand that. Sure. Uh, but that's why I like a challenge system. And I, I think that, you know, Look at a guy like Quinn Wolcott, who seemingly never misses a pitch. Um, you know, there are guys that are just, we call them Mr. Questech guys, whatever they call them now, StatCast, whatever. That's your neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. But I think the young guys call to the zone that, that the computers want. And I don't know what Major League, this is the question for me, Gil. What is Major League Baseball's endgame? Is it to break up the union? Is it to get rid of the older guys? Is it, you know, what is their end game here? It's certainly not to protect the umpires. And to me, that's a problem. One thing I really, uh, you know, I, I look at, the, we and we've had a little discussion in the comment section on the site, looking across the different leagues and how they treat their officials. And we say the pros and cons of, you know, everyone. NBA in its quest for transparency does its last two minutes report for close games where it'll tell you if the referee got the call right or wrong based on some observer's evaluation. Basketball's always tough in my opinion because it's, you know, it's such a matter of judgment. It's not black and white like, you know, did the ball beat him to the bag or not type type of a deal. Uh, but they do that. But on the flip side, their fines for coaches and players for post-game comments and things like that are astronomical when compared to baseball. And, you know, the comments might even be, you know, on a scale of uh, one to Kinsler, the comments might be at a three or four, yet the fine is like five times as much, at least, as Kinsler ever got. So the NBA, you know, for... For, there's a give and take. The fines are high. They also have this two minutes report for transparency. They say, oh, you have to hold them accountable. I guess that's how they hold them accountable. But they have the same idea for the postseason assignments, playoffs, and all of that. You know, uh, so, th- so there's your accountability. Uh, NFL, and we talked about, how, you know, they, they, they let someone go during the season. I have, we talked about that a little bit. Um, uh, ben over at Football Zebras, um, who, who we uh, who we have link share with, uh, uh, did more uh, analysis of that than we did. But NFL, oh my gosh, they come down on their officials quite a bit. Five but, one yeah, but uh, they also gave During them the season, more full time people. Um, and then finally, NHL. Um, the NHL seems to seems to treat their officials the best, in my opinion. I, I maybe I'm biased, uh, but you know the NHL. If you're working a milestone game, which is like your 1,000th game, you know, 1,500, whatever, you pick the game, you pick the city, you pick your crew to work with, uh, and and the and the process is repeated for the last game, you know, your retirement game, essentially. You pick where you're going out, where, you know, your last game, uh, all of that. You know, the stipulation is, hey, 
this is my last year, this is my last game, I'm not going to work the playoffs because the NHL will not let officials who are retiring work the playoffs in their final year. Your last game is not going to be a Stanley Cup final. But you do get to pick where you're going to retire, you know, what game it is. Um, and I, I would see these things and I'm like, why are all these people coming through Anaheim? You know, it's like, it's such a, this is such not a hockey, you know, traditional hockey market. Um, it's, it's great in its own way. It has its fantastic attributes, but it's like Toronto, Detroit, your original six, that's where you'd go. Right. Uh, and then I realized it when we had Bob on the show, because Bob said that his last game was, uh, you know, coincidentally in Anaheim as well. Last game of the regular season, 2016. And, and he explained it beautifully. He brought the family out. They made a whole go of it. You know why they pick Anaheim? They go to Disneyland with the kids. That's why. But um, in any case, that's a, a, a little overview of how the different sports treat their officials. And, you know, it's very shallow, not, not deep analysis at all. But it does seem that MLB is very light on, you know, the fine side, very light on the discipline to players and coaches and managers who go against the umpire so to speak so your point that mlb is undermining the umpires is well received and you know and i guess it's an echo chamber at this point but it 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 turns into a situation at least from my point of view that you know if you're an umpire you go out and you umpire to the best of your ability and it by all accounts it looks like for instance angel is has been very and we we've observed his hustle and and all of this other stuff that he's doing right you know he we talked about yeah he had three overturns in the playoff game and that is correct that it's the first official in the history of major league baseball to have three overturned replays in a postseason game not overall but a postseason game then he comes out the next night and nails his plate but he doesn't get credit for that because CC Sabathia is too busy trashing him for that. Did did CC ever get suspended for that? No. Um, and and you know it, it just goes on. It's it's over and over again that why is the league not protecting their officials? And I think that we're both in agreement that we we just don't know the answer to that right now. I just remember Pedro was uh, Pedro Martinez. I don't remember CC Sabathia bashing, but I remember Pedro Martinez on TBS just ripping him apart. Um, you know, I mean, there was, there was a very good pitcher and a guy that's got the respect of a lot of people. And again, this is not only about major league baseball. This is, this trickles down into how people behave at the lower levels, not only high school, but the AAU all the way to little league. I mean, I watched that kid last year, pimp a home run, hit the ball, you know, 220 feet over a 210 foot wall or whatever the little league stadiums are. And he stood there and watched it and then did a dance. I mean, this, these kind of things aren't conducive to what we're trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, again, it just, it, it just, it, it's, it, there are things that in our behavior, um, in, this, in the spirits of sportsmanship, uh, we've lost. And, um, and this is one of the things, you know, I, winners act like they've been there and losers handle it with grace and dignity. And you should always remember that you're playing a game that was designed for kids and you're having fun and you're getting paid a lot of money for it. But somewhere that's been lost and the anger hasn't been taken out on the players. I remember a time where I can't believe Ricky Henderson's making $3 million a year. This is ridiculous. Now it's like, oh, we need to pay Bryce Harper $30 million a year in order to get him to play for us. So, you know, it's changed. The, 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 the culture has changed. I mean, I'm going to take take a different tact here for a second and go to the LSU scandal, 
where Will Wade was implicated in a lot of things. And who knows, you know, what the real story is, but it certainly seemed like he should have been suspended. He's had a great year at LSU this year. And the fans came out and said, we don't care what he did. We just want him to coach. Well, when do you care? If he was 13 and 15, he'd be gone. But because he's got a team in the top 25, he's great. I mean, we don't care what our players, what our coaches do if they're winning. That is really bad. And it's one of the reasons that a lot of people aren't watching sports anymore. Um, And I expect people in droves, uh, Major League Baseball viewership has kind of steadied, but the NFL is way down. NBA is down. NHL is up a little, but less and less people are watching these games. And there's got to be a reason for that. There's some kind of disconnect. I don't know what it is. Maybe you do in your sports analysis. Analytics, I'm sorry. Pace of play, right? That's that's what the league office uh, well, says. I think pace of play is 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 a very fascinating thing because there's been talk, Gil, as you know, of, of shrinking the strike zone. Major League Baseball wants more offense. They've sure. said that clearly. Rob Manford has said that clearly. They want more offense. So I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask a question to all our listeners and, and viewers of the site. Uh, aren't having more offense and faster games? Uh, the opposite side of the spectrum? Hmm. You know, it, they want the game to be faster. They want more action. It takes more time for action as, <laughs> as, as, as someone who, you know, who, who, would, who would be at, you know, 81 home games a year, uh, year after year. The games that were higher scoring lasted longer. I mean, it just goes, it seemed to go hand in hand because it takes more time to score runs than to record outs. But it's still 27 outs a game or 24, no matter what. But the runs, that's variable. So it, it would make sense. Baseball is the only sport that, as we know, without the clock and baseball's trying, you know, MLB or the the indie leagues or minor leagues or whomever it is. It's mostly the minor leagues that they're instituting that pitch clock, right? Yeah. Um, and they're trying to get it all to the to the majors to adopt this clock for baseball. But at the end of the day, you know, you have on the one on the one side you've had, oh, we've played baseball for over a century without any of this stuff, and on the other side you have, well, no one's watching the games anymore because they take too long, and then you go back to the other side, and they say, well, back in my day, the games did not take over two hours, and it was the same rules and all that, and then it's TV commercials and all of this money issue, so we can't touch that. It's a, it's another discussion for another day. It's a dilemma, but I want to go, I want to go to that. You know, Okay, I want to discuss it for a second longer because okay. the pace of play thing annoys me. Sure. Um, I don't know if it was you that did this, but it was an article that I read a while back, and everybody said, oh, it's commercials. It's all the commercials. And it turns out right. that it's like 15 seconds more per half inning during a regular season game, so it's really not the commercials. Mm-hmm. Uh, what it, You remember a time you go watch Jack Morris pitch, threw the ball from the rubber, caught the ball on the rubber, threw the next pitch, caught the ball on the rubber, threw the next pitch. There was – go watch a major league game, a minor league game. Pitchers catch the ball on the – off uh, – uh, Three steps off the rubber, they do a circle, they touch the rosin bag. Hey, 10 seconds. You can't throw your next pitch, no stepping off. You step off, it's a ball. Um, you either have to throw to first base with those runners on or pitch to the plate. Um, that'll make the game quick. Was it, was it Doug? Pitch in 20 seconds. Was it Doug Eddings who uh, called the, the rarely seen 12-second violation for the pitcher in Florida years and years ago and had to throw someone out of the game for arguing it. Um, 
the the rules there uh, and the rule can be tweaked about maximum time between pitches no one on base and all of that pitch clock obviously would uh, take care of that as well but you know we have there there have been studies out there about the amount of time between pitches and some of these guys like the Javier Baez rain delay factor um, because he takes forever to throw between, you know, pitch to pitch. The pre-batter ritual, the batter's box, like when Nomar Garcia Parra would do the whole batting glove thing, Big Poppy would clap his hands together. All You know, there's a whole to-do list there that helps the game take forever. And uh, oh yeah, the uh, the the Tory Mattingly classic, which would be mound visits upon mound visits. Now we've limited some of those mound visits throughout the game. We've added the whole thirty second time limit idea, so we're speeding that up. So when we talk about pace of play, um, we're 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 sort of nibbling at the edges. I feel, and we're we're getting some things done. At some point, maybe we'll get to the meat of the problem, but right now we're we're. We're getting, we're at least getting something accomplished, you know, mound visit limits and otherwise. Well, somebody has to champion these causes because Major League Baseball umpires are not allowed to go on social media and do, you know, interviews and stay in the stay out of the doghouse about things that couldn't be done for not only pace of play but respect towards umpires. The players aren't going to do it. Very few media people do because the more money they have for commercial time, it's more stuff they can talk about and, and so on and so forth. So, I, I by the way, this just in, Javi Baez just completed the seventh inning from two years ago. Uh, <laughs> just got the last out. So, you know, we're on to the eighth now. I mean, we nearly had in that World Series a five-hour nine-inning game. I've been saying this to you, Bill, for three years. It's only a matter of time till we have a five-hour nine-inning game. Mm-hmm. But we had how many over four-hour nine-inning games? It's embarrassing to watch these games. It's embarrassing. It's excruciating. And I love baseball. I, I love baseball. And I can't sit through all these games. I fall asleep on the couch. And, you know, I know other fans of baseball that can't finish these games. I'm not saying, you know, make them day games. But something has to be done. And if we're going to champion that cause for not only pace of play, but also for proper treatment and less abuse of umpires, along with the OSIP Foundation, uh, our podcast sponsor, then I'm all for that. Absolutely. Um, Quick fire. Bryce Harper has been tossed every year that he's been in the bigs. You think he gets run this year? I don't know. You know, you're, you you got, this is more your neck of the woods. I I just kind (laughs) of, go through the motions of that stuff. I, I really don't care you know, players eject themselves. Um, managers eject themselves, you know, in this day and age, everything's under a microscope. I, I hope Bryce and I hope all the players, you know, stay positive. And, you know, I was talking before about the negativity of people in, in that video that, that we show uh, on the website with, with filming it, you know, I used, I can speak from personal experience here. I'm a Jets fan. Okay, so I spent a lot of time in my life building up negative energy towards rooting against other teams, namely the Patriots. Mm -hmm. I learned, uh, I would say, in the mid 2000s to channel that negative energy and still always a battle and throw it to positive energy. Don't root against people. Don't root against teams. Be positive in your mindset. Be positive. And you know what? When you encounter a negative person, just try to put them to the side and eliminate them. Um, it makes your life a whole heck of a lot more happy. Does that make sense? You'll be a lot happier. Um, and the mind, if you positive, you're smiling at people, you know what you get, you get smiles. If you scowl at people, you know what you get, 
you get scowls back. So sure. I, I feel like we need to, and, and this is kind of a teachable moment that I've been trying to figure out how to write for quite some time about walking on the field, being happy to be there, not, you know, just be in a great mindset every time you take the field. It's, it's an impossibility because there are always, you know, X factors that cause, you know, stress or what have you, but don't dislike Angel Hernandez because he's suing major league baseball. When he umps your games, okay, fine, root against the umpires. But that's negativity that is not helping you from your in your day-to-day life. Be positive. Root for your team. Boo the umpire on occasion, fine. You know, have at it, Haas. But for the most part, stay as positive as you can. Great, great point. Great, great way to end it. Uh, real quick, Jim Joyce will be stopping by the show. And this is a podcast episode that I think we're all looking uh, really for, you know, a lot. There's a lot going on. We have a call in the World Series, the obstruction that's fantastic. We have uh, the Detroit perfect game, the imperfect game. We have the poll that says he's the best umpire in the league. This is a great episode, Tim. Yeah, I can't wait. We've got a couple more in store. Um, You know, I've been very lucky. Uh, over time to uh, get to know uh, some of the guests we've had on Gil. And, you know, we we're very lucky that, that we've done a job that has been respected by our, you know, the men at the highest level that do this. We try to be fair and it's not always perfect. Um, you know, umpires do make mistakes, including major league umpires. And we are tasked with the chore of pointing that out every now and again. And sometimes people don't like that. But I think for the most part, we're the most accurate news site that, that I know of. I mean, we are straight down the middle. If an umpire makes a mistake, we talk about it. If an umpire does something right, we talk about it. And we broke down that Jim Drew play at first base. You did, Gil, exquisitely. And uh, we'll do a lot more of that in the Jim Joyce podcast coming up uh, in a few days. It should be a great show. Um, I'm looking forward to it. And as as a lot of you know, sometimes we're a little, it looks it might look like we're a little slow on some of these breaking news items. But, you know, remember, we have those, we, we, we have the standard where, like, in, like anyone else, timing, we want to get it right before we get it fast. And in today's Twitterverse, um, I think that's, that, that sometimes gets lost out there. And so just our little neck of the woods trying to, uh, trying to reclaim that a little bit. In any case, I hope you guys enjoyed our show today. It was something a little bit different. If you liked it, let us know because we want to do a little bit uh, more of these stuff just to have voices out there and hear from you guys as well. Let us know. Thanks for stopping by. We will see you for the Jim Joy episode. Look for that around opening day. That should be a lot of fun. And until then, for TMAC, this is Gil. We'll see you on the site. Happy umpiring, everyone. Hi, this is Jack Furlong, founder, president, and CEO of the OSIP Foundation, Incorporated, where OSIP stands for Outstanding Sportsmanship is Paramount, a 501c3 organization dedicated to promoting good sportsmanship throughout all capacities of sports and competition. Please be sure to check out our website at osipfoundation.org to learn about us and some of our programs, such as our blog, The Strike Zone, our podcast, How You Play the Game, our awards programs for student-athletes, and Officials Anonymous, our hotline for sports officials who deal with abuse, anxiety, and other similar issues. Once again, that's OSIP Foundation dot org.